Welcome to Tech Uncorked. I'm Dean Gratton. And I'm Sarah Jane Gratton. And together we explore a new world of technology and innovation. With lively discussion and some great interviews. Well, welcome back to another week. And thank you for your response to last week's episode, uh, where we covered artificial intelligence uh, and our new book. Uh, Some of you were eager to know the name of the new book. Only reveal that when... uh, when we get closer to the manuscript submission, because then it's the timing with the publishers mm. and all this kind of stuff. And then the publishers will start to release the name and start promoting it. And so, yeah, hold your horses. And all good things. Come to those who wait. Oh, yes. Apparently. Apparently. So this week, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about recycling. Yeah, recycling and also new ways at looking at how we can use the waste that we generate to provide other things such as fuel i I just don't get it if if we make it why can't we undo it yeah i agree um you know who we need for that we need the singing the singing scientist johnny johnny we need you here today the um the answer to that i I suppose in part is that the cost to um disassemble products to reassemble them elsewhere Mm. i think the cost is high and it's whether it's worth doing i think it with things like plastic bags uh, cost is a huge factor it costs around three thousand pounds to recycle a ton of plastic bags now three thousand pounds is a lot of money it might be a lot of money but then what about the environment I mean, look at the impact yeah. we're having on the environment because of plastics. But businesses are choosing to... Stuff the planet. Stuff the planet, put them on landfills because of the cost. I mean, that's insane too. Why stick it into a bloody ground? I mean, what the hell are we doing? Mm. But I think as a society, we are becoming more resourceful. And I think we are thinking no, I, more sustainably. I, no, I, no. Oh, I, think I do. It's in the news and there's a press and we're being pressured. Uh, naturally, rightly so, we should be pressured for doing the right thing, but I think the attitude still today is to throw away society. Oh, it doesn't work. We'll just throw it in some landfill and... You don't think we're doing enough? I don't think we're doing enough. And, Mm -hmm. and, I mean, I I saw... What was it in... Remember we saw that programme? I think it was Panorama, actually. The recycling in New York. All the waste in New York. Do you remember that? Yes. And they got built up... Oh, it was horrific. It's got to move from this place to that place and... um, some of it is in landfill and some of it is uh, is burned. Mm. But I think when they were burning it, they were uh, making use of it. So it would generate electricity. But, of course, we're burning all this stuff, creates toxic fumes, and we can't have that for the yeah, environment. Yeah. And I, I can't remember the process they used to help um, alleviate the toxicity of the fumes. There are different techniques for conversion, I do know that one of the most popular processes in converting plastic waste into fuel is called pyrolysis. And it's basically, um, as you said, it's heating the plastics at an extremely high temperature. And then the components of that material are, are separated and used, you know, for different purposes. And there were researchers at Purdue University and they found a technique called hydrothermal processing. And that process places the plastic in a reactor filled with water it heats it up to extremely high temperatures right up to 500 degrees celsius 
And it continues for around five hours at this incredibly high pressure. The heat and the pressure on the, of the water on the plastic breaks it down and converts it into an oil, which can then be ah. used as a fuel. Well, that's good. It's fascinating. Swansea University, in 2018, their researchers discovered a way to turn plastic waste into hydrogen fuel. And, you know, we were talking about yeah, with, with, hydrogen fuel with the singing scientist, with the singing Johnny. Scientist, yeah. yeah, Dr. Rocks. And um, these researchers have said that one day it will be able to power cars, this hydrogen fuel. Well, yeah, that's and what we talked about. That's exactly what we talked about. The team discovered they could add a light-absorbing photocatalyst to the plastic and... It was basically a material they've added that absorbs sunlight and transforms it into chemical energy in a process called photoreforming. The combination of plastic and the catalyst was then left in an alkaline solution. How do they get to this? I have no idea how they think. I'm wondering how you know this. Let's put this in an alkaline solution. Oh, just call me genius. Which was exposed... (laughs) The alkaline solution is exposed to sunlight. It then together breaks down the material and produces bubbles of hydrogen gas as it breaks down. The hydrogen can be kept and used, you know, in the future. Yeah, but cars, what about the waste? Planes. Is there any waste products as a consequence? No, it's all broken down by this process. Well, I also saw in, in the news um, the SpaceX rocket, a recycled rocket apparently, off to the uh, International Space Station with four members of crew. And it's a recycled rocket, but they still stick in an, an enormous quantity of flammable liquid into it, and boom. And, of course, the, I hear on the... Uh, the well, it blew up. No, it didn't blow up. We so went yeah. boom. <laughs> no, boom, I mean, boom as in, what the hell are we doing? Sticking, oh, <laughs> sticking a load of flammable liquid. I mean, we do it for everything. We stick it into a rocket, we stick it into a train, we stick it into a car. And we, you know, it's always flammable. And uh, I could hear the um, person saying Godspeed as the rocket launches. Mm. And I think God is think- looking down thinking, what the hell are you doing? You're not supposed to be here. You don't <laughs> believe that we're meant to travel. I don't think. That- too far from us. Well, being in space, so the astronauts are, who are on the space station, their bone mass and uh, muscle mass all deteriorate over, mm. over six months. And... Um, and I don't think you can do it for more than six months because it has a real terrible effect on, on the body. And, of course, when the crew return to Earth, they've got to go back into um, physiotherapy of sorts to mm-hmm. to gain back that muscle mass and that bone mass or mm-hmm. special diets. I mean, it's so we're not supposed to be there. Yeah. In the same way, we're not supposed to be underwater because there are creatures who live underwater and they can breathe underwater. We have to use special equipment to be underwater. I mean, what, what are we doing? Why are we doing mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. You're saying that nature dict- it dictates where we should be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we shouldn't break the rules. But the thing is, we're not supposed to be there. We, we, we build all these machines to be in space. And more for exploration and exploring space and exploring the seas and everything. We just said you weren't. I, I did say I was. You said we weren't supposed to be there. We're not supposed to be there because our bodies react badly to that environment. I am for exploration and whether it's space or whether it's the sea or whatever. But, it, yeah. But Do you see it being more of an autonomous 
um, process rather than a human centric yeah. one, more uh, of I, a machine led. Yeah, it has to be. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to uh, be an astronaut. It always terrifies me whenever I see a launch, and I know that people are on board, especially given you know the past tragedies that have happened. Yeah, it's um, a very dangerous profession, in my opinion. <laughs> Not something I'd want to do. So that's not on your bucket list then? No, travelling into space isn't on my bucket list. Oh, mind you, I have to tell you about a wager that Dean has made with a very good friend of his, Simon, uh, that he believes he will develop... Well, you did have a lot of wine. But anyway, I'll carry on. He you believes have to remind me now. He believes that he can develop a way to travel... Oh, I remember now. Yes, so so tell everybody. I think okay, this this was done over wine, and this I think sometimes (laughs) the best ideas come out of um, (laughs) this was done over a lot of wine. It doesn't matter. So the thing is, I think transportation at the moment, whether we're transporting ourselves from one side of the world to the other side of the world, or even if we're just going to work and we're only doing say ten kilometers just down the road, I just think all our the technology. I think that the car is primitive. I think the plane is primitive. And I think sticking stupid amounts of fuel in, into all our machines to get us from A to B, I think it's incredibly stupid. So, after so much wine, I, I conceived an idea. That is, well, it's not entirely new. We see it in science fiction films. It's, it's just a portal, basically, where you just have this ability to maybe punch your destination in. And there's a receiving portal at the other side. And you just walk through the portal and you're transported. This is not like what you see in Star Trek, where your molecules are broken down and reassembled. It's not a beam me up. It's moment. not. It's not a beam me up. No. It's a literal. It's literally a, a portal where the actual, if you like, the time between one space and another space, or rather the space between one portal and the des- or your source mm-hmm. portal to the destination portal, mm-hmm. it's just a squeeze, if you like, if, if mm. people want to imagine, and you're mm. just walking through a door, mm. and that's what it is. So it's not the Star Trek thing where they disassemble you, molecule by molecule. You're basically compressing space. No. No? It's just a door. I don't understand. Maybe I haven't had enough wine to hear this idea. <laughs> it made perfect sense it at the time. It might have done. Well, I kind of had a theory about, and I do think things like the Hyperloop are the future of long-distance travel, certainly, on, well, on Earth. Um, I do think that's the future. I've seen development videos showing people very, very relaxed, travelling through the Hyperloop. It's just... Um, yeah, you're basically in, in some glorified... I mean, in, in the same way when you travel to... Um, when you fly, say, to, to New York, you're in a cigar shaped body and and it's the same thing applies and, and, and a, it's a coffin any, it sounds like a coffin you, oh rubbish if any of you have seen the program escape to the chateau where he built the lift using the the kind of the vacuum technology you would oh, basically dick be su- dick strawbridge great program if you haven't seen it, it he's just such a great he's a great he's problem a great solver. problem solver and he's a great engineer so a little plug there for escape to the chateau in the UK, it's on Channel 4. I don't know where else in the world you would find it, but Escape to the Chateau, and the guy's name is Dick Strawbridge. He built this lift to get um, an elderly parent who would often come and stay up to the top of the chateau using just an idea he had about vacuums. And he had it made. It was a lot less expensive than having a conventional lift fitted. Um, so he It was a great this. idea, yeah. Mm. But okay, but we're talking about something completely different. No, but I know we've we've like diversified off to a chateau from a from a train. But 
I don't, I I don't mind being lifted up onto uh, onto the top floor in a chateau. But isn't it a similar thing that you're being pulled along to the end destination? But in this, what what did you call it? Hyperloop. Hyperloop. You're 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 being thrown at an incredible speed. Just looked it up here, so I'm not seeing anything about vacuum here. So I no. think I was on the wrong Dyson-esque track there. Um, <laughs> So it, it's the <laughs> Hyperloop vehicles, folk, actually work via electric propulsion. They call them pods, um, and they accelerate gradually via electric propulsion through a low-pressure tube. And it's magnetic levitation. Well, that's not entirely new either, because in Japan they they were testing this technology years ago, where the trains would have would be levitated over a, a magnetic propulsion type thing, jiggy. Hmm. That's a very technical word. But by this the way. is through a tube. I don't know if the tube is fundamental no, it's, oh, to no, the. So, oh no, no. So the the trains of Japan were uh, levitated on a, a track of sorts. Mm. It would still be a track, but it's just mm. levitated on a track. Mm. But uh, with that, you can actually achieve high speeds. Yeah, it says and of course there's no pollution. Speeds, apparently, yeah. airline speeds. Yeah, low pollution. Yeah. Because you got the uh, the actual uh, Channel Tunnel mm. from Dover to Calais. Mm. I mean, it's it's just. Is, okay, I'm I'm just being doom and gloom here. It's a disaster waiting to happen because if the you really are doom and gloom today. Uh, no, because it, it it scares the buggery out of me. Because <laughs> it, it might only take twenty minutes to get through the the tunnel, but all it takes is a little bit bit of a shake. You know, the earth is. Uh, I'm sure they've looked into the um well, the sure safety aspects of this. I'm sure they have. I mean, they're also looking to have a a connection between Scotland and uh, Ireland as well. Yeah. A similar uh, tunnel yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just it. We don't know. We can't predict whether uh, the the earth is going to have a bit of an upset stomach and start mm. to and shake. I'm sure they have to build that safety element, the crisis prevention, into the design. Well, yeah. I mean, buildings that I mean, for example, in, again, in Japan, where you have earthquakes and stuff, mm. the, uh, the the buildings have to be architected to accommodate yeah. or to absorb or to defer away the the impact of the minimize of the any damage. Yeah, to minimize. Yeah. And I think the same with with these new forms of transport. Um, as we always say, safety has to be architected in. Yeah, absolutely. As, you know, as standard. But, uh, you know, I do see these methods of transport breaking through. I am scared about going into space. It really doesn't bother me going on the, the likelihood, The likelihood of you going to a space <laughs> is remote. It's very remote. <laughs> Strange things happen, but I don't see it in my lifetime. <laughs> um, but, you know, I can see myself... On the Hyperloop, <laughs> I can see myself sitting there quite comfortably, um, travelling long distances very, very quickly. Uh, and I think that's a great thing. But bear in mind, here's, here's the other problem with that. You might be cocooned in a pod going at very high speeds. There's no trolley service. There's trolley service. There's trolley service. There's, oh, God, really? There's trolley service. I will show you the video. Well, the, I tell you, the, the wine is just going to go everywhere. No, it doesn't. It almost feels like you're not moving, apparently, when you're on it. It feels like you're not moving. Okay. That's it, I'll have to show you this. It's incredible. Um, yeah. And also, you know, thinking about freight, thinking about perishable produce, uh, yeah. is this a great technology, um, a great way to move perishable goods very fast across the country? Yeah. So I think it's another potential 
um, great advancement for freight. Well, I guess then you would add a add this technology alongside the channel tunnel, as uh, so you can zoom your produce back and forth. Mm, potentially. Potentially, yeah. yeah. Well, okay, that, I like that idea. And that's something else we need to look into. But yeah, so I mean, today we've looked at. Um, plastic, how plastic can be recycled and turned into fuel, uh, oil or hydrogen or even diesel, I believe. There's lots of ways that plastic can be um, chemically reprocessed into something that will be really useful for us in the future. So I think we've covered, gosh, lots of different things today. We've gone off track a few times, no railway pun. <laughs> yeah, it's been and, great. Um, we'd love your feedback as always. Look forward to more of those messages coming through regarding AI and what you'd like to see us talking about. And yes, we'll see you soon. Yeah.